1: Welcome to 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, your host, and very excited to have you with us today. And I'm even more excited about our guest, Robert Hessel. He is the CEO of Source One Solutions and my neighbor here in Tampa, Florida, kind of. We're not too close, but <laughs> welcome, Robert. I'm so excited to have you on the show.
2: Well, thank you and thank you for having me. And you're right. I mean. We're not too close. It's all the way across one bridge. It's about five miles long, and you'd never seem to be able to find your way on this side of town.
1: (laughs) I know. Isn't that funny how that works? Robert, I've always had so much respect for you ever since I met you, and I'd love to hear about your journey to where you are today, your professional journey, and maybe some lessons you've learned along the way.
2: Sure. Well, like many people from Florida, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in a really small town, in northern Michigan, like almost Canada, through the top of Michigan. And while there's some benefits of, especially now as a father growing up in a small town, at that time, there were lots of disadvantages of the area I grew up in, too. I mean, it was a very seasonal type of place, unless you were a professional like a doctor or a lawyer. I think there was one doctor's office in my town, if I'm not mistaken. But unless you were a doctor or a lawyer, you were pretty much either working in a tourist industry or the construction industry or something like that. So I wasn't in love with school, even though I was a very good student athlete. So after a year of trying to pretend that I liked school, I joined the U.S. Navy. And the U.S. Navy is what actually brought me to Florida. I finished off in Jacksonville, Florida. And I remember... I was actually going to move back to Michigan, and it was this time of year. I was driving from the Mayport base to NAS Jacksonville, the air base. I was in a Navy truck. I had the window down, short sleeve shirt on, my arm out the window, and it was just a gorgeous day. And I thought about the weather in northern Michigan, and I decided quickly that that was a really (laughs) bad idea. I should just try to find my way here in Florida and eventually moved to Tampa. And when I got out of the military, I got in the health and fitness business, which the only reason I picked that was because they were hiring and I need, needed a job <laughs> and actually um, started out as a trainer there. And the manager of the gym, actually, when I first started working there, he showed me how they do a tour. And on a Monday night, it was incredibly busy. So and this very impatient customer came in or potential gym member came in. And while I was trying to get him to wait for a membership director, he didn't want to wait anymore. I could tell he was frustrated and going to leave. So I just decided I would take him on a tour of the gym as the manager took me on the day before. And I just pretty much did everything verbatim, including as this guy pushed me even more because he's in a hurry. I went through the pricing for the lifetime membership. This is back in the late 90s. So that was with men's and women's clubs and lifetime memberships with two-hour renewal fees, all this stuff. So I took him through. Got him to agree to the paid in full option on his credit card and with a lifetime renewal or whatever it was. And I remember going over to the manager and saying, hey, listen, this guy wants that lifetime thing and he wants to pay by credit card. And he just looked at me with kind of a blank stare and walked over and said, I just want to make sure that you understand everything. Guy got really impatient at this time because he just wanted to sign up and go wherever he was going. And the manager looked at the paper and he just kind of stopped for a minute because he could tell I did everything exactly as he had chugged me the day before didn't even talk about anything else and from that day on i was in sales and soon became <laughs> the assistant manager and then became the general manager of a club within six months he's actually who brought me down here and got me into technology i came down to tampa because he left the fitness business and actually worked for lucent technologies at the time which is now known as via and brought me down to tampa and i got a job in sales and went through their training that's how i got introduced into technology came out of my training class, made the first sale, I think two days after I came out of training. So I was like the golden boy and I didn't make another sale for the rest of the year. And then ended up resigning so he didn't have to fire me. I was awful at it, (laughs) but over the years, I stayed in technology and that kind of fast forward, skipping through working for other companies and working my way up through the ranks, brought me to where I am today, which is the CEO of Source One Solutions, which I started back in 2011.
1: Yes, please tell me the story of Source One. So what was your why behind creating it? I know that you had a very interesting path into technology, but also talk about what you do, who you serve as well.
2: Sure. Well, I wrestled back and forth. I was partners in a previous company and wasn't really a partner. I think there's your audience probably can relate. There's lots of people that can relate to that. So I had a really bad relationship and breakup with that company and decided with a lot of coaching from friends, I'm just going to try and give this a go on my own. And so while I was in Key West at mini lobster season, I finally made a decision. My CFO currently was not my CFO at the time. He was a good friend that was going to help me out if I decided to do this, to manage my books because I didn't really know finance. And I called him, I told him to register the name and he decided that he was coming to work for me at the same time. So all of a sudden I had overhead, wasn't ideal, but Started to source one and out of the backseat of a Toyota Camry back in 2011. And at the beginning, it was like any startup. You sold anything that you knew how to sell just (laughs) to get money in the door Mm -hmm. and keep cash flowing. And through time, and the company has made shifts on what our focus was, but through time, I got some good business coaching and I really understood where the value was for source one and where we can really make money and just really gotten more narrowly focused on that, which is as a IT managed services and professional services company. And while I was working with Avaya and other partners along the way, one thing that I'd always noticed was they territory restricted for most part, the territory restricted you if you were an authorized, whatever partner. And it was supposed to be a fair playing field, but it never was. Always the big dealers or the big distributors for these companies, they get the most love. I mean, their discount levels are four or five times sometimes what yours are. They've got the deeper pockets in cash. So the only place I could make money back then when I was rooting for other companies and being compensated off profits was on the services side of it. And those companies also restricted you if you were an authorized partner. You could sell in Florida, but you couldn't sell in Georgia. And I thought that was so stupid. And so... We started with the mindset of, let's just be a services company and be a subcontractor to all these great companies, and we'll be able to offer services outside of the territory and really help them out. And that just morphed into a really unique situation where a customer called and asked if we could do something in Brazil. And I remember startup mode, keep in mind. I remember saying, (laughs) "Ah, Brazil, how hard can it be? If something goes wrong, we'll ship some replacement equipment down there. We'll fly one of our engineers down. They'll fix everything. As long as they give us a loose SLA, let's call it four days. I mean, we're totally making this up. (laughs) Four days. We'll be fine. And one contract became two contracts, became three, became 10. Thank God nothing ever went wrong, which is the upside of maintenance, I guess, because I didn't think about the customs issues. There was no way we were going to ship equipment into Brazil and get it there. When the engineer got there, everything was going to be in Portuguese. He wouldn't be able to read it. Like none of these things even dawned on me. And the saying yes to the maintenance contracts led to, we want you to do installations for us. So that's when I had to really learn the value of partnerships. And I partnered with some different companies, one specifically over in the UK, who really understood the global landscape and partnerships, who really taught me a lot of that time. So that's kind of how we got our start into this whole global business of doing professional services and support. It was very much by accident. We really took a lot of lumps along the way, learning the different cultures and ways of getting businesses done. Fast forward to today, which is, I think this is going to be our 12th year in business in July. And we have SLA-driven contracts in 118 countries with offices in three countries. So it's been a pretty wild ride, to say the least. (laughs) There was a lot of scary times. And right now we're enjoying a very good time in the business over the last few years, but we definitely realize how much we need to value and appreciate those because we have seen the other side of it as well.
1: So you and I have recently connected over telecom, and I'd like to know where you serve the telecom industry.
2: Sure. Actually, we have a limited amount of customers. As I said, someone asked me to do something for them in Brazil, which is called the international piece. But si's which we serve systems integrators large telcos we won't mention any of their names but that is actually one of our largest customer subsets so our services are sold predominantly through the channel so telco will sell a large global solution and they have the capabilities to do if there's 10 tasks they might have the capabilities or desire to do four of those and there will be five or six elements of a big contract for them that they really don't want to do it's not that they couldn't do it i guess but it's just that they don't want to do it it's not i'm uh, not their core business so we do a lot of work in the telco space around network support a large piece of our business which i know is your specialty field and why we chatted we do a lot of DAS distributed antenna work all the way from the initial design IB wave design all the way through the installation and and turn up and we are a licensed provider for one of the telcos, but I certainly wouldn't mention that. But that's how we got into the space and how we service the telcos is is we service them across many countries. And our customers are located in many different countries in the telco space.
1: One thing, Robert, that has always impressed me about you besides just your entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I love your story and you're an inspiration to me for sure but something about your customer loyalty. I mean, your customers are loyal. So how have you had success here?
2: Well, thank you for that. That's a really nice compliment. And if you ever traveled across that bridge that we mentioned earlier and <laughs> came to our office- Someday. You would see, yeah, I'm not throwing any zingers at you on your own show, <laughs> am I but yeah, so culture is a word that gets thrown around so much, but it is really, really important to us and our values. And from the moment you enter our building- You'll see our values posted across our wall, Our vision, mission, and values, but our values are posted around the building as soon as you walk in. And it's also a part of our story when we talk to our clients and we tell them this is the most important thing. And it's value number one is relationships over deals. And to us, that means internally. So with our team, our relationship's more important than, than the deal. So we try to be very flexible and very accommodating to make this a great work environment, which is why we don't have a lot of turnover. But more so, we'll tell our customers no for a few different reasons. One is we think the ask is not achievable, especially when you're talking about global business. If somebody's not really exposed to some of the regions around the world through our experience and our data, certain things that you might expect in North America or across Europe. Are not the same things that are achievable in parts of Africa and Latin America and different areas of the world. So, relationships over deals has been our almost our battle cry, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what served us so well with our customers is the fact that we're not afraid to tell them no because we think something's unachievable. Or we'll tell straight up, we're not the best guys to do this for you. We could do it for you and we'd do an all right job, but that's all it will be is all right what you should probably do is go to XYZ company that we know, and we're happy to make the introduction for you. And I'm a sales guy from my background, and that's a really counterintuitive thing to do for a salesperson. But actually, those are the kinds of deep relationships and partnerships, not customers, but partnerships that our clients look for. And I think that's why some of our largest clients have been in our top 10 list for 10 out of the 12 years that we've gotten in business.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Honesty. Really?
2: Yeah, honesty. And I think our customers can see, again, we don't have a tremendous amount of turnover here. A lot of people were big on anniversaries and I've been giving away so many five-year anniversary awards and six-year awards and our customers and partners can see that as well. So that gives them a sense of trust and comfort as well. They know that our team must feel secure in the environment of SourceOne, which helps make them feel secure. And if they feel secure, they're willing to throw us more business and go attract more business. So it's just really a simple concept, but a very effective one that's been a big part of our success.
1: So let's continue on that track. What strategies are working for SourceOne when with attracting and retaining talent right now? (laughs) Give us some secrets. Secrets, Robert, that's
2: what we want. Yeah, I, I wish I had some great phenomenal secrets because the landscape has changed a lot. And I think for us, it's just consistency and this is not the most popular opinion right now, we do have people that work in some remote areas. And there's days that people do work remote because they have a sick child at home or something else. But I'm very much an on-prem person. I think there's a lot of value in being inside of the same four walls, not just from the ability to train. Let's face it, this is a stressful business. And if you're sitting in your house every day getting just beat up by technology challenges and trying to fix problems... Because that's what customers call you for. They don't call you to say, hey, everything's been great for the last four years. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's always when something is broken. So you kind of need that energy and the ability to sometimes vent. And so inside these four walls, we try to make this a really fun place to work. We do a lot of different internal events. And we're very, very methodical in everything that we do of demonstrating our values. And I'll give you an example. So one of our values is lifting others up. It's a very simple value, so it can have a lot of different meanings. But when you come on board and you go through the employee manual, we talk about how we demonstrate our values in writing. So, for example, your child has a school play or whatever it may be. Don't call in sick. Don't take a vacation day. Don't tell us the morning of the play, because then I got to think maybe your child doesn't have a play you're just using as an excuse. We can sniff through that. But. <laughs> go be a part of the moments that matter with your family and be there for them and just come to work when you can and get your work done. If that means you're going to get here at two o'clock or if it means you're going to come in early or whatever it's going to do, just get your job done. And we're not really too worried about the other part of it. and We're just more worried that you don't miss those types of matters. So I think we put our money, so to speak, where our mouth is and really trying to celebrate those moments with our team and letting them be there and Of course, we do a lot of work in the community, and I think all those things are what really attract talent to us, because we've been really fortunate, and we've got some incredible talent in this building and and around the world, and I think those are probably the secret sauce. Of course, as I said, the landscape has changed, so recruiting is a different beast right now, which I know you understand more than anybody, probably, but it's just staying true to who we are as a company, and I think everybody is looking for a place where they can feel secure. And a place that is consistent
1: so are you seeing it is it a little different now let's say the challenges in tech with talent gaps retention having enough skilled workers are you seeing anything different today than let's say six months ago do you think it's going to be different in a year i mean i know there's been quite a few layoffs and things have changed a bit in tech
2: yeah well i think there's definitely a shortage of people especially In the 5G space, I mean, there's more 5G work to be done right now than there are people on the planet to actually perform the work, which is a great thing, but it's also a challenge. But I think there is, I think this is an interesting time and not trying to go too far off the rails, but you've got a lot of really great talent that are kind of coming towards the end in the sunset of their career. And then you've got a group of young people that are coming up. And I think for the young people that are coming up, if we can give them any advice, is this work like how do i balance work in life and all these other things want to be involved in i think it's really important to remember what you're trying to accomplish and for people that really want to work right now i mean really want to work i'm talking to the younger generation that want to absolutely dig in there's all kinds of companies looking for people that are hungry that want to work and i think the path to mannership or leadership inside of these companies or being one of the greatest engineers on the planet, I think it exists. And I think there's a huge opportunity for it. And I do think there is a gap in the technology sector. I think we need younger, hungry people coming into the marketplace to replace some of these veterans that have been around that they just kind of know the ins and outs of everything and do have that level of work ethic still.
1: Mm. Robert, you said something once I'll never forget something about the human side of technology, and it seems to be a success strategy for you. Can you just expand on that?
2: I wish I remembered exactly what I said. <laughs> you said um, so
1: many amazing things, right? I
0: just yeah. <laughs>
2: well, I don't know about that. But I wish I remember. I wish I remembered exactly what I said. But one thing that's for sure is: I mean, we're dealing with in this industry, we're dealing with technology and humans. What could possibly go wrong? That's obviously being a little cute because everything can go wrong. And I think that's probably the most important part is even around here internally is technology is a beautiful thing and we make a living and put on our tables from it, but don't lose the human factor. We're all human beings working in this place. And I get so irritated when somebody sends me four emails and they're four doors down. Why don't you just get up and come in here and talk (laughs) to me? Let's have a conversation about things. And I think it's exciting and it's scary where technology is going with AI and all these different things. And I think. We just try to really try to balance all that and have a real understanding of the human side of our business, which is, again, why we have customers for standing and people that want to work with us is we understand different cultures, we understand different traditions, we understand the different ways that business are done in those areas. And I think that's also what kind of brings the human side of our business and understanding of our business to our customers, which they really appreciate. A lot of our customers don't understand how things get done in Brazil or in Latin America or in Asia. And not that we know everything, but we have a pretty good understanding and we can bring that to them and help them when it comes time to solution a deal. And when it comes time to manage those people out in the field that are working with us and for us to help them deliver and meet their customer expectations.
1: So, Robert, you've always been able to attract and retain strong leaders. So, what do you look for when hiring leaders? And then, how do you develop them? Do you have a formal development program or is it more mentorship?
2: That's a really great question. Inside of our building, the people that are in the senior leadership roles, people that are in really key management roles I mean, this business has been built over 12 years. I mean, In fact, all these people have been handpicked. And I can think of one example of that on a leadership team. The guy did work with us as a contractor. He owned his own company for a number of years. So for three years, I'd been talking to him knowing, wow, this guy, if he was part of us, would be really great. And eventually that manifested itself. The president of the company I met probably three years into this from one of our largest customers who he just retired from. And they actually referred me to him. And I remember sitting and meeting with him. I'm like, oh my God, we don't have a car fast enough to drive for this guy. You know, <laughs> if he comes in and tells my customer our actual size versus our fighting weight, then we could be in trouble. But five years later, the guy becomes the president of the company because I stayed in contact with him. The RVP of operations, I courted him for two years, meeting him for lunches, not offering him jobs, meeting with him, trying to understand him and what made him tick because. Even though there can be some differences in how we think, we have to have the same values at the end of the day for the company to really be successful. And so once those people are here, we have a very simple strategy of, this is a very entrepreneurial company. This is what I expect of people, know what you did, why you did it, and be willing to defend that position. And if you can do those three things and it didn't, the outcome wasn't great, that's a learning experience for us because that means you made the right decision because we all make the wrong decision. But if you can do those three things, then we're always going to be okay. And I think that's really the mentorship side of it. We don't do a lot of formal trainings with our leaders. We've got some that have come from companies that gave them tons of formal training. So we do utilize that, but it's really just through the mentorships and we do a lot of reading here and we share a lot of, Hey man, I read this book, you should read this. And that's kind of the really real strategy around the leadership side of things. And trying to keep an open mind with each other and understand that the most believable person in the room should be the one listened to. And it doesn't mean it's the smartest one. It means on the subject that we're talking about, that guy has, or girl has the most experience, is probably the most believable person on on what we should do on this.
1: So Robert, let's talk about the future of Source One Solutions. What's your vision?
2: We're going to continue expansion. We've obviously got a very large presence here in North America. We've got two offices in Europe. And right now we're in very serious negotiations on an acquisition over in Europe to really grow our European footprint, not just our customers, but our footprint across Europe, as well as probably the step after that will be Asia, which will really round out our true global business. So our customers will be able to transact in the region. If you're from Asia Pacific, you'll be able to transact with our Asia Pacific office, deal with not just project managers, but deal with an entire business unit that's located in Asia Pacific. And if you're in Europe, the same. And the Americas, maybe Latin America, but at least we've got this here in North America, but really rounded out to be able to give our customers a true global footprint, not just technical support, but a true global footprint to do business with and try to grow our businesses with.
1: So, what about you? What drives you? What makes you just jump out of bed every morning at, I don't know what time I get out of bed at like 4.35, what time do you get out of bed? (laughs) What time do you jump out of bed?
2: (laughs) That's usually dependent upon my two-year-old or five-year-old daughters. So they're usually the ones that make me jump out of bed way before I want to be. But in all seriousness, I love every bit of this. I mean, it's really stressful for sure, especially with the growth that we've had. And I do have other business ventures, but I really enjoy it. I love being around people. I love trying to solve problems. And I really love watching people around me come up in their personal lives and their professional lives. I mean, this has been 12 years now and I've got people that have bought their first home while they've worked with me and mm. they've accomplished this. Or they've accomplished that or they've had their first child. And the fact that I get to work with them every day and make money with them and really enjoy them and watching their success, I think, is probably the best part about it. I still love Scrapping every day and getting with a customer and and trying to solve a problem and creating a solution and all the way through to the challenges that come with being the CEO of a company. I mean, I still really enjoy those. Even the hard days are enjoyable to me. And I guess that's the future for me is as long as I can continue to enjoy it, I'm gonna want to do it.
1: Mm, That's beautiful. Well said. So where can you be reached? How can we reach Source One Solutions?
2: So the website is Of course, www.source, the number one, it's not spelled out, numeric one, solutions with an S, dot com.
1: So, Robert, I just looked at my email and I have a notification that I'm coming across the bridge to see you. So I will be there. I'm actually going to make the trip. I'll pack a bag and a lunch and a dinner and I'll get over there. So it is booked. I'm I'm coming. Uh Oh,
2: the flight is scheduled all the way across the bay.
1: That's great. No, this has been wonderful. Thank you for coming on the show. It's just been fantastic. And I really appreciate you sharing your heart and your story.
2: Uh, Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and see you, Carrie. And I'm excited that you're going to travel to our side of town.
1: (laughs) I will see you soon.
2: See you. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk, brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.